Well, hey there, I'm back again to talk about Audible.com. Audible is the number one provider of audiobooks in the world, and you know what? You can try out their service for free. That's right, I said free. Just go to audibletrial.com slash atomicgeekdom, and you're going to get a free Audible trial. And what you're going to get with that is you're going to get one free audiobook download, plus you're going to get the uh, free trial of the membership, which gives you, you know, discounts on all the wonderful audiobooks they got over there. They got hundreds of thousands. I don't think that's an exaggeration. I haven't checked the numbers myself lately, but if you go on over there and download your free audiobook right now, I do guarantee that you are going to be hooked. I'm supposed to give you some kind of recommendation. I don't know if I've got any for you, because you know what you like better than I do, but the ones I've been listening to lately are the ones that are called the Monster Hunter series. It begins with Monster Hunter International. All those books are by Larry Correa, and the narration on the audiobooks is really good, and I think you're going to enjoy them. They're a sci-fi slash horror type book and if you don't like that kind of book I guarantee you that you're going to be able to find what you want over there at audible.com so go to audibletrial.com slash atomic geekdom right now to help out both atomic geekdom and the two broke geeks which is the podcast you are about to enjoy go there right now I'm going to say it one more time audibletrial.com slash atomic geekdom hi this is Billy West or Stimson J. Cat or Lynn Hart shut up you fool and I'm Dr. Zoidberg, and I'm saying hello with Professor Hubert Farnsworth and your old Captain Zap Brannigan. You're listening to Two Broke Geeks. Joy! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. I craves not these things. Shut up. What are you saying? You were thinking. It's annoying. For tomorrow night. What, Rain? What are we going to do tomorrow night? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Welcome to Two Broke Geeks. I'm Matt. Justin is still away making a movie, and as such, I have to bring in some uh, some people that uh, I enjoy talking to and enjoy their work to uh, go ahead and <laughs> fill his spot while he's gone. Uh, podcasts are my main form of entertainment now. Uh, I listen to them while I work, and I often work eight, nine hours a day, so I listen to like two dozen podcasts, but uh, a couple of them are definitely my favorite, and uh, they're my favorites because they're engaging and because they make me uh, feel like I'm just hanging out with friends and like I could be part of the conversation. And so uh, I've brought in somebody that uh, I think is definitely right near the top of the list. In fact, today I listened to one of his podcasts before I listened to any of the other ones. Uh, from Woo-hoo! Holy Batcast, Real Fans for Real Movies, and the Batman News Podcast, it is Mr. Andy DiGenova. Andy, how are you tonight? I'm great, Matt. How are you? Thanks for having me. 
No, thank you so much for being here. Like I said, uh, Holy Backcast and Batman News and Real Fans for Real Movies are awesome shows, so I'm glad that you could uh, come by this little show here. Well, it is my pleasure, and uh, I, you know, for as many podcasts as I talk on, I, I'm, I've always got time for one more. <laughs> That's uh, I feel the same way, because now I even do like three or four myself now, so I'm like, yeah, I'm always down to podcasts a little bit, especially since so much has happened lately, and you, obviously, since you do a podcast called Holy Batcast and Batman News, like myself, are a huge Batman geek, and uh, it's a good time for some uh, Batman stuff, despite uh, how BVS was received. It's a hell of a time to be alive. A great time to be a Batman fan. Um, and despite the way uh, some people feel about Batman v Superman, yeah. I'm very happy with it. So for me, it was a big plus as a Batman fan. Good. Uh, in fact, uh, well, when I first asked you to come on, I wanted you to come on because the Ultimate Edition was coming out. And uh, just because of timing and everything and because I didn't buy that first uh, digital release, it didn't work out that uh, with Comic-Con and everything you could come on. And so now I feel like everybody's kind of had the time to see it. And I actually just kind of watched it for a second time uh, this evening. And um now that it's like out and everything, I'm like, boy, it doesn't seem like there's too much to talk about in terms of the the ultimate edition. Uh, I know uh, for me, it didn't like I I didn't really enjoy Batman v Superman. Uh, I thought there were parts of it that were fantastic and other parts that weren't. And so the ultimate edition didn't change the the story very much, but I liked that it made it a more cohesive film because the times I saw it in theaters I was like boy something about this movie is like missing <laughs> so I don't know what it did for you when the ultimate edition came out in that regard but well and so where do you where did you kind of land after after now watching the ultimate <clears throat> edition a couple times um I feel like it doesn't improve it like a bunch like when I first <laughs> saw Batman v Superman I mean, it was a C for me. It's not like the worst movie ever. Um, but I kind of knew, even way back when it was announced, that it wasn't necessarily going to be a movie for me. Because even though I'm a big DC fan, and even though I'm a big Batman fan, I'm kind of a... I like Batman off doing his own thing. And the the Batman versus Superman physical fight was never that kind of in my wheelhouse. So I was like, okay... Uh, I can get over that. But when I got there and the, the story was kind of what it was and the, the film was what it was, I was like, okay, um, I landed on like a C and now I'm probably still around a C, but I feel like it, parts of it were resolved better. Like I felt like Lois's storyline was a little bit better because uh, in this one, we kind of find out that she's not really chasing bullets because it's like well everybody knows that superman doesn't shoot anybody so what is she really looking for what what's she trying to prove and uh i felt that was better um but a lot of my main issues with the movie remained like sad superman mm -hmm. yeah yeah so. totally um and for me the movie has been a b plus um because i i really enjoyed it but i still have my own issues uh agreed about sad superman specifically mm -hmm. um not that superman isn't allowed to be sad i think he he absolutely can be sad and i think that the reasons they gave him to be sad were valid i just think mm -hmm. that you've got to show us superman 
in his glory before you break him down. Mm -hmm. And they completely skipped over that part, which I thought was a a huge mistake. Um, But for me, anyway, it was a B plus because I did love the Batman stuff. I think Mm -hmm. that the story was intriguing and engaging, and I was really interested in Mm -hmm. what was going on. Um, I think visually, I I thought the movie was stunning. I loved seeing Wonder Woman on the big screen. So for me, the the pluses outweighed the minuses, but I still had a couple, a couple minuses. So, it's funny, I, I agree with you in that when the Ultimate Edition came out, uh, it didn't change my grade. My grade is still a B plus, but mm-hmm. it's still a, it is undoubtedly a better movie than the theatrical cut. It's just yeah. it corrected issues that I didn't necessarily have. The issues I had remain, but it mm-hmm. definitely tells the story in a better way and in a more complete way. So I do think the Ultimate Edition was a improvement on what we saw in theaters in March and. I'm jealous. I still haven't had a chance to watch the Ultimate Edition for a second time, which I keep meaning yeah. to do, but I just have to carve out three hours to do that with all <laughs> yeah. these podcasts. That's just not happening. Right. Well, and I was watching tonight that that third act, and once Batman goes off to save Martha, that's like my fi- – I know a lot of people have complained. They're like, oh, I think that's the weakest part of the film. I'm like, for me, this is the best part of the film. <laughs> like. <laughs> Everybody, that is the part of the film where I feel like the characters are in their element. Batman is finally not like kind of crazy, xenophobic, I'm going to kill Superman Batman. And Superman is finally like, go out and be a hero Superman. And then we get just Wonder Woman coming in and kicking ass. So I'm like, I love that. Right up until the moment Superman dies, I'm like, I love this part. Like, mm-hmm. give me more of this and less of everything else. But then once Superman dies, I go, mm, boy, that seems really unearned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't. I think this movie had so much to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they needed to layer the death of Superman on top of all of it. Yeah, although it did give Ben Affleck. Uh, that really touching men are still good speech. Yeah, which I do which, love. Yeah, which, I, you know, I'm comfortable enough to say just my eyes get all glassy. I'm like, no, this is beautiful <laughs> kind of thing. So that's where. So I just wanted to get that out of the way and put that to rest because the Ultimate Edition was something that hadn't been discussed on this show as of uh, as of yet. So I just wanted to put BVS finally kind of to bed so that we could move on to bigger and uh, hopefully better things, or at least more well-received things that can propel the DC Universe uh, forward to a place that it can be, well, I hate to say it, but be like Marvel, where everybody's just like, yeah, I can't wait for that next DC film. Yeah, where it's just a little more universally praised and beloved, and and unfortunately, they're still not quite there, but hoping that the next few movies is going to correct that. Yeah, and well, and one of them is coming out in a few days, and I'm uh, I'm like, oh boy, now I have to go into media lockdown mode. And before I ask you my next question, you haven't seen Suicide Squad for press screenings, have no, you? No, no, I okay, I'm going I, tomorrow, so I'm okay. Because I was gonna, because my next question is, uh, what is your excitement level for Suicide Squad? Uh, my my excitement level is I think as as high as it can get without being a straight up Batman film. 
Yeah. Um, I think that's the only way it would be higher, or I guess I would even Justice League, I would say. But I think that my excitement is extremely high in that um, we are getting another DC film so quickly after the last one. This one features the Joker and Batman, and it's our first real live action representation of Harley Quinn, a movie that, or excuse me, a character we've wanted to see in a movie for yep. years now. It's so uh, far overdue, and we're finally getting it. And everything that we're seeing from the movie, um, including Margot Robbie's performance as Harley Quinn, is just been it's just been fantastic, spot on. She looks like she's killing it. Um, Jared Leto looks like he is giving us a a new and terrifying version of the Joker. Um, mm-hmm. The entire squad looks like a a ton of fun and a great group of characters to spend two hours with at the movies this summer so i my excitement is extremely high and i'm i'm wearing a suicide squad shirt as we speak nice um so i i can't wait to see it this week i've got plans to see it three nights this week so i sure hope i like it Um, (laughs) because otherwise those other viewings are going to be a little less fun but I, i i can't imagine not having a good time with it so i can't wait I'm kind of in the same boat. Like everything I've seen about this movie, all the the, the posters they've come out with, and the character uh, artwork and everything is just beautiful, fun, attractive artwork. The the marketing uh, spots for TV and in the movies have all just been just great, and they're kind of showing that you know DC has this other side to them, where it's like, come on, you, we know that last movie was kind of dark, but it kind of had to be, and that's not where we're going forward with this universe. So come on and hang out with these fun bad guys for a while. And so I'm the same. I'm like, like a nine or 10, I I guess like straight up Batman movies would probably be where my 10 is. So maybe I'm like a nine and a half for suicide squad. Uh, because like you said, Harley Quinn, number one and Joker with Jared Leto, number two, but also, just villains we've never seen before, like Boomerang. Like I never thought, oh, I'm going to love a Jai Courtney version of Captain Boomerang, but he might be my favorite part of the marketing next to Harley Quinn because every time he's on the screen, he's being funny right down to like ducking behind a car to drink. I'm assuming it's a beer. I couldn't quite tell in what is probably a battle just like, okay, time for a beer break now. (laughs) And just asking Katana if she's got a boyfriend. I'm like, wow, who would have thought that uh, even a year ago, somebody would have gone, you're going to go to a suicide squad movie and be excited about Jai Courtney Mm -hmm. as captain boomerang. Well, and, and the moment of him taunting Diablo with the lighter and the fire is, is hysterical to me. I freaking love that. Like, and in the, the most recent footage we saw where we even get the slightly extended version, uh, it cracks me up. It looks like he is for the first time he is stepping up and, and is just creating this really entertaining character that I can't wait to see. So you're right. Like Harley Joker, it's easy to get excited about Harley and Joker. Um, who knew that we'd be excited about boomerang. I think that's great. Yep. And you bring up Diablo, a character I know nothing about. And the small bits we've seen him in the marketing again, he's like, I'm like, I can't wait to kind of know more about this guy. Who is he? What's his deal? You know, besides being, you know, the fire throwing guy, you know, why is he, a bad guy, what'd he do? Why should I like him? But I'm like, yes, I'm so can't wait till Thursday night. And like you, I'm probably going to see it probably three times this weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's an exciting week for us, so I can't wait. Mm -hmm. And that brings me, going in chronological order, sort of, in DC movies, that brings me to the fact that you were at Hall H for San Diego Comic-Con and got to experience some of the things that, well, luckily everybody got to experience this DC stuff, but you got to experience it live in the room when uh, they brought, you know, Wonder Woman and Justice League and said, you know, here we are. This is what we're bringing to the table for you next year. Mm, yeah, it was it was an amazing weekend last weekend. <laughs> um, I I'm still uh, got a little remnants of sunburn from sitting in mm. line in the San Diego sun yeah. all day on Friday to get in uh, to Hall H on Saturday, but it was well worth it. Yep. Uh, the Warner Brothers kicked off the day in Hall H. Um, in a spectacular way, as they usually do, and shocking us all, they started with DC. They didn't even make us wait for it. They mm-hmm. were just like, you've waited this this long? Here's your DC Films presentation. And yeah, it was awesome. I think it is great that the fans got to see it around the world, whether or not they were at San Diego Comic-Con, but the mm-hmm. energy in the room was uh, just off the charts. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad we got to see it too. And I know it's like kind of a discussion. I've never been to San Diego Comic Con and just timing and money and everything. Where do you live again, Matt? I forget. I live in Vermont. Vermont. Okay. I knew it was on the East Coast, but I couldn't remember where. Um, Yeah. So it's a much bigger commitment to come from Vermont to San Diego. Yeah. I just have to drive a couple hours. Right. So, and I know it's a big discussion and, you know, you know, should they share, should they not? And, you know, personally, I'm fine if they don't, because I get that, you know, you and uh, Sean Gerber from Modern Myth Media and Batman News spent hours and hours and hours in the beating San Diego Sun. So I'm like, okay, you know, they earned it. But for the DC panel, I kind of felt like it was something they had to do was share it with everyone because they are in damage control mode and they need to go you know this is what we've got for you going forward you know don't give up on us there are things coming that we think you're gonna like mm-hmm. well i i think it even it, there i mean there is absolutely that that does exist where they've got to win people back after batman v superman especially the people who, who didn't like it um so there is a little bit of that but honestly i think more of it just has to do with the fact that last year when they showed us something exclusive they showed us that suicide squad footage it leaked it got pirated a crappy version was making the rounds and that's mm, not true. how that's not how they wanted people to to get their first glimpse of Suicide Squad on a crappy phone version at a weird angle of this footage. And so they last year they ended up sucking it up and just releasing it officially because they were like, better to see it in high quality than crappy. Um, but I think because of that, and they were a little burnt by that, mm-hmm. they walked into Comic-Con this year just with the decision of like, you know what, everything gets released online. True. Uh, yeah, and that's true. I kind of forgot about the fact that yeah, that whole leak thing happened last year. I think I think if that was if that didn't happen last year, my guess is that Wonder Woman would have still been released the way it was. But I think Justice League mm-hmm. would have remained exclusive. But mm-hmm. much like last year, I think that had they tried to do that, they don't want people's first impressions of Justice League to be on a crappy pirated version. So they're like, you know what, let's just, let's just get it out there. And then it does serve the purpose of what you already alluded to about people who didn't like BVS trying to get them excited about Justice League Mm -hmm. by putting this footage out there. I think that really helped in that respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good point. And Justice League, 
that one actually surprised me when somebody said to me, "Oh, there's Justice League footage. I can send it. I can send you a link." I was like, "Oh no, please don't. I don't want to see anybody's cell phone footage. That's that's not cool." And they were like, "Oh no, no, this is official from DC. It, it's a YouTube link." And I'm like, "Oh well, then bring it on." So, <laughs> um, since we're on. Justice League, I guess we'll talk about it before Wonder Woman, even though uh, Wonder Woman is coming out first, because uh, my first impression of Justice League, and I've taken some flack for it, was I didn't love it. Like it, It's another one of those things where I was like, well, this seems... I've heard it somewhere else, I'm not sure who said it, but it seems like everything Warner Brothers has done since Man of Steel has been reactionary like man of steel was kind of reactionary to oh everybody was bored by superman returns and then batman v superman was oh we should put batman in this movie because man of steel didn't do very well and then this justice league trailer to me or footage or whatever you want to call it was kind of like let's take the the most fun scenes we have and jam them all together with like this kind of Uh, funky guitar track and show them to everybody and so I was like I get it they need to put their stuff forward and it took me a little bit to actually warm up and and really appreciate what I was seeing which is kind of a weird first reaction considering I actually still I am excited for Justice League and I am looking forward to it and I do think it's going to be good Uh, yeah I'm I I get what you're saying and I think that that is what I've heard the most, like as far as anything negative around this, I think for the most part, mm-hmm. I've heard very, very positive things about the justice league footage, yeah. myself included. I, I flipped over it. I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was great. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I have heard kind of uh, the more cynical view of, mm-hmm. Oh, they're trying too hard now because yeah. Batman V Superman wasn't fun enough. And so now they're trying mm-hmm. too hard to be fun. And, my response to that is, well, they have no choice. They, they like, yeah. what else are you going yeah. to do? Like, like, are you really going to put out a, a Justice League trailer that is in the same tone as Batman v Superman, the movie that just came out mm-hmm. that two thirds of your audience hated? Like, yeah, are you really going to say, hey, remember that thing you didn't like in March? Here's more of it. Or are you going to say, you know what? We heard you. And you're going to have a good time with Justice League, so just be willing to give it a chance. So I get it because, yes, absolutely, it is a very – they made a very conscious effort to make it fun, to make it funny, Mm -hmm. to have have a lighter tone. That is totally transparent, but can you blame them? No, and it just – it took me off guard upon my first viewing or two because I I, I don't know what I was expecting. I – I knew in my head that Justice League was going to be a lighter film. They said it right from the beginning, even in BVS marketing. They said this is going to, you know, BVS is going to be a dark film and Justice League is going to be a lighter film. I just something I wasn't trying to be cynical. I think it was just something that took me and out I, guard. I, wasn't, and, I wasn't saying that specifically yeah. to you, Matt. I'm sorry. I did. No, I, I, no, I, I wasn't being like, listen, you're <laughs> cynical a-hole. No, I'm saying I've definitely <laughs> seen people out there who were being cynical, being like, yeah. being like, oh, you think you can fool me now? I saw your Batman v yeah. Superman and I hated it. I'm not going to be fooled by your Justice League. I saw that and I'm not, not talking about you. But because I saw yeah. that, I was like, well – what do you what do you want them to do? <laughs> right. Yeah. So I and and, and I for me, just, I yeah. you know I mentioned BVS. One of one of my issues was that it 
and I don't mind darkness in my in my superhero movies, and I certainly don't yeah. mind large stakes and it being dramatic. I think all of that is great, but at the same time, Batman v Superman, it was a movie that I heard a lot of people go, "There's a Batman and Superman movie out, and I don't feel comfortable taking my kids." Yeah, that's a that problem. Was, like, in fact. Yeah, my very second time seeing Batman v Superman in the movie theater, I looked behind me and there were some little kids and I, I was uncomfortable that they were there, like knowing because I had seen the movie the, the day before and I was like, I, I, it's weird to me that these kids are here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, like so with Justice League, I mean. And, and and again, don't kitty it up. Don't don't make it silly. Don't remove the stakes. I don't think you need to do any of that. But lighten it up a little bit so that way yeah. you know people are comfortable taking their kids because that's who's going to buy the toys. You know, like you know, like it, absolutely you don't want to exclude a huge chunk of your audience that are a little bit younger by trying to make it too adult, too dark, too gritty. Um, so I think the course correction, while yes, it. It is probably reactionary, even though some people say, oh, you know, there, there are the, the DC fans who go, they've said this all along. This is not reactionary. I think it's a little reactionary. But, some, I, yeah, some of it will be, I think, uh, especially the way they put this footage together, I think, is the reactionary part right, uh, right. a little bit and probably some rewrites in there if I had to guess. Yeah. So um, I – I, I, I think that it's it's the right move to make. It's it's the Justice League. You know, like this this should be a good time. We should have fun when we go see a, a Justice League movie. And I thought that the fun in the footage was all stuff that was very natural coming from these characters. I nothing felt out of mm-hmm. character to me. And so that's why I really was yeah. happy with it. Yeah, and th- things in there I did really love like when cyborg says to batman I- i've heard about you i didn't think you were real and batman just says i'm real when it's useful it's mm-hmm. like what's more batman than him just going i'm real when i'm useful and walking away right right so and, yeah and everything i'm still somewhat on the fence about ezra miller as the flash only because just the barry allen i haven't it, it's not even grant gustin's barry allen necessarily but i is a more social person. And this Barry Allen seems very shut in. He lives in like that loft surrounded by computers that is kind of messy and looks like it might have some graffiti just outside his door. And that is something that I think I might have to get used to. But beyond that, yeah, everything I saw to me, especially since I watched it again just now before we started talking, I was like, yeah, everything here seems the way it should be to me in terms of characterization. Yeah, it's a slightly more uh, bohemian Barry Allen, I would say. You know, he's he's, yeah. he's definitely feels a little more off the grid, a little more of a loner. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what I liked about him was, was his enthusiasm and his energy. I, I think he, he is giving a good performance and um, yeah. still feels – still feels very much like the flash. I mean, those mm-hmm. of us who watch the justice league cartoon or, or read yep. the comics and things, um, the flash is always the lightest touch and it mm-hmm. should be, oh, it yeah. always should be. And so I, I like seeing him already bringing that to the character. Yeah. His, and even his outside of, uh, 
in the media, you know, interacting with the press and everything, he seems very excited to be involved and very happy to be Barry Allen, which is something that, you know, I appreciate just like Ben Affleck being really happy to be Batman because mm-hmm. it's been like his, I mean, it's the reason Kevin Smith has said it. It's the reason he played Daredevil because he thought he would never get to play Batman and he thought Daredevil was the closest thing. And so I really appreciate Ezra Miller just repping the flash real hard and being like, no, this is, this is great. And I love doing this. Yeah, totally. And I mean, yeah, the enthusiasm when they came out on stage, um, there was so much going on that honestly, I didn't, I couldn't quite, uh, I couldn't quite do justice to all of it because my head was on a swivel because I was trying to Mm -hmm. take it all in because the photos of the justice league were appearing along the walls of the hall And so I was trying to look at those and take photos of those while at the same time the actors were being introduced on stage. But um, all of the actors, but specifically Ray Fisher, Ezra Miller, and Jason Momoa, they Mm. were so excited to be introduced as part of the Justice League. They were so happy to be up there. They were having the time of their lives, and that was really coming across. And that's the sort of fun and excitement that you want from these people who are bringing to life characters that we've wanted to see in movies since we were kids, you know? So um, I love how much Ezra Miller is excited to be the Flash, and and for me... um, just seeing seeing those glimpses of the performance in that scene with Bruce Wayne, for me, I'm very happy with what I'm seeing. Yeah, that's, you know, like I said, it's going to be a, I think I'm going to like him overall. I think it's going to be great. It was just, again, another thing that just kind of took me off guard where I was like, oh, he kind of looks like a loner to me, which is not uh, typically how I think of Barry Allen or Wally West, even though he's not being Wally West at you know, just in general, when I think of the flash, I think of more of a people person who's got some friends and everything. And, you know, this is a Barry West or Barry West, a Barry Allen who is saying I need friends because he's got no one. Yeah, I know. And that, and, and he, he, he admits that, but I mean, again, it's another yeah. way to kind of differentiate yeah. what we've got um, on TV. And so, yeah, yeah. I'm glad he's going to get his friends though. Exactly. Have yeah. a little this help a, from his friends. This is a Barry Allen. I'm very, and I'll be very interested going forward to see, you know, by the time they get to his own movie where he's at by then. But uh, that's still a ways off, obviously. So, yeah, that's Justice League as far as I know, unless you have anything else from the day of Hall H that was um, particularly interesting or uh, something maybe we didn't get to hear or see on the outside. Well, I think one of the most interesting things was kind of the way they acknowledged the Superman thing. <laughs> because, oh, yeah. Because, you know, as we know from Batman v Superman, Superman is dead. And so mm-hmm. when they introduced the Justice League, they introduced everyone except Superman. And those pictures that were along the walls was Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Cyborg, Aquaman. And mm-hmm. then they did kind of acknowledge it where they were like, well, someone, someone's missing. It doesn't feel right. And they're like, but he's dead. (laughs) Yeah. But the Justice League isn't the Justice League without Superman. And at that point, Henry Cavill came out and his photo appeared on the wall. And that was when they revealed that team photo of all six of them together, um, which I think is the right way to go. You know, are we really going to pretend Superman's not going to be in the Justice League movie? You're not fooling anybody. I think it's best to just own it. Um, 
you know, the question will be to see how that happens. But mm-hmm. I think I think it was great because you don't want that Justice League photo without Superman. And he looks great in that photo. He doesn't look sad. I, I love it. No, he doesn't. It, everything about that photo, we were talking uh, earlier about tone and lightness. That photo is beautiful. Like the sun is coming up behind them. They're all in these just vibrant colors instead of being uh, kind of the washed out tone of Man of Steel and of Batman v Superman. And man, Dawn of Justice was the subtitle of Batman v Superman, but it doesn't. It seems more appropriate for this Justice League photo. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly it. That, and I think I, I sent, I tweeted that or something. I was like, I was like, this photo yeah. is the Dawn of Justice. You see the dawn. You see the sun coming up behind them. Um, they're in the light, and and you contrast it with the reveal photos from Batman v Superman. And it's a world of difference. You know, the first photo of Superman from Batman v Superman was him at night on a rooftop in the rain. Yep. And here he is in the sunlight. The colors are vibrant. He looks happy and content and mm-hmm. uh, and, and he looks great. And so, again, it's a shift that needed to take place. And I'm really glad to see it happening. Yeah. And the, and the costume design on everyone is beautiful. Like, I'm not sold 100% on the Flash's costume, but it's at least this nice, bright, like, candy apple red, this traditional Flash red, and Superman's reds are very red, and while his blue is still dark, it's like a, you know, it's not like a super dark blue, it's just this beautiful kind of royal blue, and just everybody looks the way... you know, they do in a comic book. And like I do, if I, you know, close my eyes at night and I'm thinking about superheroes and I think about them in my head, they just look like, yes, this is the justice league. And I'm super excited to see them finally. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I, it's like, it's time to embrace the superhero. I mean, and honestly, I think BBS, he did embrace that they're, the, the comic bookiness and the superhero-ness of mm-hmm. it. But it's still a dark film, you know, and, and here it's like, let those colors shine, yeah. be out and proud, if you will. Yeah. And uh, and the photo is very much along those lines, and I love that about it. Absolutely. And like you said, it's not that BVS wasn't comic booky. Like, it's my favorite Batman design ever for a f- live-action film. And Superman still, you know, he's looked the same. It's just the something about the saturation on the photo or whatever really just got me excited for this movie to happen. Well, and like that's you said, just Super- like, like I love Man of Steel. I love it. Yeah. I think it's a great film. Right, I but, do too. But walking yeah. out of Man of Steel, my one of my biggest complaint was I was like, why does everything look desaturated? Like, yes. like what filter did they use on this movie that makes it just look... Uh, mm-hmm. gray and I don't yeah. I, I hated that and it's not as bad as some of the uh, like there are YouTube videos out there that are like well look at how Man of Steel would look in color and I'm, and they yeah, they, cheated. Yeah. they cheated and they, they, they cranked down the color of what was there um, mm-hmm. but still the point is valid in that for some reason you know I think Zach was going for a very real world feel with Man of uh-huh. Steel. So I get the I get the rationale behind why he did it of to make uh-huh. it look and feel more quote unquote realistic. But at the yeah. same time, we're going to a Superman movie because we want to be whisked whisked away to this world of the DC comics and Metropolis. So uh-huh. crank up those colors. Don't be afraid of them. Yeah, it's for 
For me, it's the personal. Like you said, Man of Steel, everybody's kind of desaturated. I notice desaturation all the time, even when I'm watching a TV show, because I always it takes me out of things because I'm like, it doesn't look, you know, you said he was probably trying to go for a more quote unquote real. But when I see people that are, you know, that kind of pale looking and I can tell their skin is desaturated, it kind of pulls me out and I go, oh, yeah, somebody put a really like heavy filter on this. So. Yeah, yeah. And it's like and, and this is completely off top, but it's like when Spielberg did War of the Worlds. Yeah, the whole yep. movie has this weird grainy filter on it. And I'm like, why? Like, it just makes it look ugly. Like, it doesn't make it feel mm-hmm. more in the moment. It doesn't make it feel more immediate. It just looks uglier. Like, let it be beautiful. I agree. And speaking of beautiful, perfect transition to go to Wonder Woman. I because it that way. I know. This was my favorite <laughs> thing out of Comic-Con. It really was because, uh, number one, Wonder Woman has been way too long coming to her own film. Mm. But also at the same time, I'm kind of glad it took this long to get there because now we have some like real – uh, technology and talent to take care of it. And I think that, you know, David Ayer being a good director and the technology required to pull off some of the more fantastic elements of Wonder Woman is there. So it's finally her time. And I got really excited when I saw it. My wife got really excited when she saw it because, uh, she grew up in a time of uh, Linda Carter, Wonder Woman, being on television. And, like, that was her hero when she was a little kid was Wonder Woman. And so I showed her this trailer, and she goes, is that coming out soon? I said, no, it's not coming out till June. And she said, well, why? <laughs> I said, well, because that's when it comes out. She goes, well, why did you show it to me now? I want to see it now. So yeah, I'm glad that Wonder Woman is uh, – having that kind of reaction uh oh absolutely and um you know uh the director patty jenkins you you said david or i said david ayer yeah i meant patty jenkins patty jenkins um her enthusiasm for wonder woman when she took the stage in hall h was just so great like she is having the time of her life like she is so honored to be to be making this film and i think that's the same can be said for gal gadot she is that how you pronounce i'm sorry to interrupt you is that how you pronounce it i think that's my best version of it um okay i am i am trying to say it the way she explained it to jimmy kimmel okay because i (laughs) i heard this because he asked her and and that's how she says she said gal gadot so gadot i i wasn't sure about the t on the end yeah okay um but Everyone says it slightly differently, so you know. I think yeah. I think she's used to it, and she'll forgive us. I know, but I do want to pronounce it properly. That's polite. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we try. Um, but she's, you know, she also is so honored to be Wonder Woman, and she has mm-hmm. taken that mantle and is just doing such a great job and being such a great ambassador for the character. Um, her, uh, she has so much charisma and so much innate charm. Like you can't help, but love her. She's just great. Um, she's funny. She's smart. She's uh, sympathetic. And then in the footage, in the actual trailer, she's Mm -hmm. great as wonder woman. So I think that she, um, you know, for, for all the skepticism that happened when she was cast, she has really stepped up and has made us all feel really good and really excited about the film. And I, I agree with you in that the trailer was just fantastic. It was as good a Wonder Woman trailer as I think any of us could have asked for. And uh, it played like gangbusters in Hall H. The, the crowd went wild. Good, Yeah, that's good. And like you said, with Gal, uh, Gal Gadot is... 
she just seems to love it. Like they had that cast picture, cast and crew picture that they took at the end of filming where she's just front and center with this big smile on her face. Uh, there's that gif that is going around of her, like kind of doing the wonder woman spin mm-hmm. and laughing. Yeah. And just I, that goes back to that thing I was saying with Ezra Miller, where it's like, I love that she's so passionate about being wonder woman. And she understands that wonder woman is, is important to pop culture and important to, uh, you know, bringing more women superheroes and women characters in general to the the forefront of mainstream media. And uh, I kind of am not, uh, what's the word, informed on how she is like off screen in terms of being an interviewer or whatever because i i missed her on jimmy kimmel and uh like i said i wasn't in hall h but uh, it's good to know that she has that same kind of presence and charisma and excitement when she's out uh representing herself and representing the movie oh yeah yeah it's it is um it's unmistakable and and even the to see the camaraderie between her and Patty Jenkins and Chris Pine and you could just tell mm-hmm. that they they were one happy family. I loved that photo that came out of the cast and crew of her dead center in costume, just the biggest smile on her face i mean it's it's so great that we're finally getting a Wonder Woman movie, but it's just great to feel like it's in very capable and loving hands because we have all been waiting for it. We have wanted a Wonder Woman film for years now. We're finally yeah. getting one, and it looks amazing. The poster was gorgeous that they released at Comic-Con. That poster oh, yeah. was amazing. The trailer is terrific. It is epic. It's exciting. It's action-packed, but it's also fun and funny and dramatic. Like it's, it's everything that you want when you go to the movies, and it's everything that you want from a Wonder Woman movie. And like we were saying, mm-hmm. when she is out there on the battlefield in full costume, she just pops because those colors are just such a great contrast to everything around her that it's like, you can't take your eyes off Wonder Woman. In fact, one of my favorite moments of the trailer was when she's on the battlefield and she's got the shield out in front of her and they're just barraging her with bullets and she's just standing there taking it like a champ. And I'm like, yes, Mm. that is exactly what I want out of Wonder Woman. The thing that is important in a Wonder Woman film is, and I think they accomplish it in BVS pretty well, is you have to represent her as she's just going to come in and she could kick the rest of the butts of the Justice League and, you know, put them all in their place because she's just this tough Amazon warrior. And I also liked in the trailer that one of the more exciting parts to me was the charge of the Amazonian warriors Mm -hmm. down the beach because how many times... In other movies, have you seen a similar charge and it's men riding horses down whatever, a beach or through the forest or whatever? And just, you know, some people, you know, the idiots are going to go, oh, well, it's just a feminist movie. They're trying to push their agenda. And if the writing was like that, I could understand. But you want to talk about powerful women, just an army of women riding down the beach is great great image oh uh, yeah absolutely and again like really really epic i didn't think we were going to get like some large some large scale amazonian battle on the beach but uh that was a really nice surprise in the trailer and there's that amazing shot of of that amazon like jumping up in slow motion and firing two arrows behind her i believe that's robin wright's character it looks like it is probably um but yeah i mean it looks the whole 
movie looks gorgeous. It just looks gorgeous to look at. And there were multiple frames throughout that trailer that I wanted to frame and put on the wall. And that being one of them, the one of her, (laughs) the one of her, you know, with that shield deflecting those bullets, Um, seeing that, seeing that lasso just glow with power while she's fighting. Yeah. I mean, that is something that every geek in the world who loves Wonder Woman was just, I'm sure like, Oh, the lasso. And it looks great. Yep. The main question is, will it make you tell the truth? <laughs> I, I have to imagine it will. I kind of do, too. I feel like, like I you don't got know it. How, yeah, I don't know how it will play in without being too corny, but I also wouldn't mind if it was kind of corny because that's just, it's so iconic. It's I mean, it's the lasso of truth. Mm-hmm. It's got to be there, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I think you got to. They, they did say that there, no invisible jet for now. Oh, but they oh, left wow. they left an open an open window in case they want to do it later. I'm sure you got to see it parked at San Diego. Comic-Con. Oh, yeah, it was right there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And just when we were talking earlier about tone and, you know, being more fun, this trailer had plenty of moments where I was like, I can tell it's got an in-between tone where it's certainly not a dark film. It's got moments of levity. It's got moments of action and moments of seriousness and it's i like the balance i like that you know it starts with a joke from steve trevor and it goes to more serious you know battlefield stuff and then it kind of goes back to um like a romantic moment just the balance i thought was fantastic Mm -hmm. and it gives me a lot of hope for what the movie will bring yeah I i totally agree especially since a lot of people you know are kind of afraid of jokes in movies and it's like no don't be afraid of jokes in movies be afraid of bad jokes in movies. right yeah totally it's, you know because i even thought it ended on a good joke which wasn't necessarily you know it's not a joke it's a moment where she goes uh, what's a secretary well i go where he says and i do what he says and to where I come from, that's slavery. Oh, I like her. Yeah, yeah, it's a great, yeah. great little moment to end it on, and I think it's it's funny and it's you know it's great. Yeah. So, well, that covers everything from Comic Con, and le- well, unless, like I said, unless you had anything more DC related from being in the room that you thought was uh, really good and really uh, of note. I mean, those really were the um, you know the big. Th- the big moments as far as DC goes was it was Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman and Justice League. Those were the biggest yep. things. Um, what was really cool, though, was that when they started their panel, before they got to any of those specific films, they brought out all the directors of the DC films as kind mm-hmm. of a quick mini panel. So they brought out David Ayer for Suicide Squad, Patty Jenkins yep. for Wonder Woman, Zack Snyder mm-hmm. for Justice League, uh, James Wan for Aquaman, um, Oh my God! Now I'm blanking on his name from the Flash. Oh, uh, I, yeah, I can't properly pronounce it. Is it, it Rick, uh, Rick Fumiyama? <laughs> yes. Um, for the Flash, and then um, Ben Affleck. For oh Batman. right, Ben Affleck. So, yes. So Ben Affleck did take the stage as the director of Batman, um, and so that was very cool. We all—it was something we all knew. You know, we all knew he was going to yeah. direct the film, but. Uh, the fact that they trotted him out on the director's panel was still really cool to see and really kind of solidifies his place as one of the creative heads of these DC films and specifically of Batman. Yeah, that's really exciting because, I mean, he is a great filmmaker. He's made a lot of good movies. uh, And I can just, 
sort of kind of picture his Batman movie, but I also can't, which is really exciting because I don't know, you know, what he's bringing to the story. There's been a lot of rumors, but no confirmation. So yeah, Ben Affleck is bat just more of that. Yeah. <laughs> Please, yeah. DC. I know I know DC listens. They're just big on it. More Ben Affleck Batman news. Please even just a release date would be nice. Right, right. I know. And that was something that I know some people were hoping for was that we would get the release date. Um I'm not shocked we didn't, you know. Like it's Yeah. And I noticed that DC is is less big on um announcing things at comic-con they're mm-hmm. they're there to show you things but they don't really yeah. announce anything they don't really share any news and because they tend to like to do that through like an official press release whereas marvel yeah. does do a little more surprise announcements and so yeah. some of the people who were hoping for like some sort of big news or, or announcement around dc um i wasn't shocked but um i still think that they they more than uh, brought the show with with all the things they they brought to show us we we all walked out happy excellent and hopeful i would imagine mm-hmm. for the future yeah that's good good well um i wasn't gonna talk any marvel i, I just wanted to bring you on to talk some dc but i did have a uh a quick Marvel thing that I decided I wanted to ask you, and it was about the Guardians, because I was just thinking about Guardians of the Galaxy, and I hadn't planned on bringing in any Marvel, but I did want to ask you about the, just to talk a little bit about the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 panel, because it sounds to me like it was a pretty cool little panel they put on there. Oh, it was, it was awesome. I, I, the Guardians 2 thing was really great. It was, it was interesting because a lot of us were kind of going in being like, it's, it's, it'll be, it'll be weird because they don't have an Avengers movie to promote right now. And they really Mm -hmm. let the Guardians kind of be the finale, be the Avengers. And, one thing that Marvel Studios does really well is they make it a show. It's not just a presentation. Right. It's a show. So they have like theatrical lighting and they've got fog and they've got there's just it's just more showmanship with the way they present what they brought. And so mm-hmm. for Guardians, before they presented it, you know, all of these Ravagers in full makeup like invaded the hall. And that was That's just great. a blast. And they took over the stage and, and, and had banter between themselves. And it was just so much fun. And then finally, mm-hmm. they did bring out the actual cast for Guardians. Yondu, uh, Michael Rooker came out in full, <laughs> full Yondu, full makeup, yep. costume, like Mohawk. Yep. I love that they've given Yondu the big Mohawk now because in the first yeah. one, he just had the tiny one. Yep. Um, well, that's why I, that's why I brought it up in the first place. Cause I was kind of browsing around online here a little bit ago. And I saw this picture of Michael Rooker sitting on stage with this great bait. And I was like, Oh, I want to ask him about that now because I hadn't seen that picture of Michael Rooker with that giant Mohawk going on. Yeah. Yeah. And it was awesome. And so, uh, and then they, you know, they did show, they showed us a scene from guardians mm-hmm. two, as well as the trailer. And, and, yep. The, it looks great. It really does. Yep. Um, yeah. And the one thing I did want to clear up for folks, and I hope I'm understanding this right, because I saw a lot of confusion just after Comic-Con as to um, who 
is Star-Lord's dad. And people were like, oh, well, you know, Star-Lord's dad is Ego the Living Planet. And everybody was like, well, no, Ego the Living Planet can't be a dad. And it was like, is, am I correct in that the scene you saw kind of cleared up that Ego is both the living planet and that that humanoid body, and that's kind of how it's going to work? Yeah, yeah, that okay, good. seems to be the case. Um, yeah, I don't know... Ego, yeah. No, I don't books. either. Yeah, I'm not no. really familiar with him. But uh, yes, in the in the trailer, he introduces himself as Ego and as Peter Quill's father, and okay. then there is a conversation about how he can change forms. So it sounds like yes, he is all of the above. Okay, and that he is being played by by the one and only Kurt Russell. All right, Matt, Kurt Russell. And, and Kurt Russell's so awesome. Kurt Russell yeah, was I, there. He was on the panel. Yep. It was so cool. Kurt Russell's amazing. That's awesome. And you, I just wanted to clear that up, and I'm glad you could because I had heard several things, and a lot of people that I talked to were very confused about what went on because obviously all we got out of uh, Hall H from that was reports, which is fine, but they seemed to be a little confused and um also, Sylvester Stallone was. Yep, he is. In the he movie. is he's in the trailer. Really? Yep. Okay, that was another thing I had heard that I wasn't sure I had, uh, you know, seen like a truth or if somebody had just kind of put it up there or something. So I'm glad to know that too. I wonder what he's doing in there. Yeah, we they don't tell us who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just will wait and see, but he's in the trailer. So Tango and Cash reunite in Guardians that's, 2. That's awesome. Very, yeah, very pretty, exciting. Pretty awesome. Uh, like you said, it's yeah. a, like you said at the beginning, it's a good time to be alive if you're a geek. Yeah, it's, it's, there's so much cool stuff. It's great. Great. Well, um, I think I'm going to go ahead and ask you now if you want to, you know, Promote anything. Promote yourself away. Please, oh, please. sure. Uh, thanks. Sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, you, you already mentioned a lot of it is that I, I do a lot of podcasts. Um, Holy Batcast is the one that you're going to find me on most often. And it's, it's you know, my little baby. So if you can't get enough Batman talk or DC talk, check out Holy mm-hmm. Batcast uh, wherever you find podcasts or on Twitter or on Instagram or on YouTube. Um, I also do the Real Fans for Real Movies podcast, which is when is pretty much anything not Batman related. Um, I'm also a co-host of Batman News, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and so yeah, I'm I'm always out there talking. And if if you want to follow me, not podcast related, just me, you can find me on Twitter or on Instagram just by searching my name, Andy DiGenova, D I G E N O V A. Excellent, and I can tell you for a fact he's a good follow. He's gone on a lot of interesting adventures, and oh, and you also, I just want to throw this out there because I think it's cool. You were involved in making a comic book about the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, which yeah. I thought was really cool. That's my that's my actual job. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I know, so. but I just want I, you you posted something about it and you had the covers up there and I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> like he's, I love the haunted mansion and I love Disney and I love comic books and here's Andy helping create this you know. <laughs> Yeah, comic book. It was very cool. Yeah, so if you're comic book readers out there, go to your local comic shop and ask for the Haunted Mansion comic from Marvel, and uh, you'll see my name right there on the first page. 
Yeah, I just I thought that was so cool, and I like I said, I love the Haunted Man. I'm kind of a Disney geek as well. That's one of my many geek things. So Excellent. my brother worked on the Haunted Mansion several years back, so I went on it repeatedly <laughs> over and over again. And then he's just like, "Oh, Haunted Mansion comic, that's right up my alley." So awesome. That's excellent. Andy, thank you so much for coming on. Like I said at the beginning, you're just all your podcasts are just fantastic. And I'm glad that you took the time to come on and talk with me about some geeky things. And um, I hope that you will uh, come back in the future sometime, especially when there's a Batman stuff to talk about. You know it. It is my pleasure. I I appreciate the invite. Always fun to chat and uh, catch up and uh, talk about all this cool stuff. It, uh, It isn't hard to get me to talk about Batman. Yeah, me either. And like, I I don't get to talk about Batman as much as I'd like to, not because my friends don't like Batman, but because they don't like Batman as much as I do. (laughs) They (laughs) reach a point where they go, okay, let's not talk about Batman. I've been annoying everyone I know with Batman um, pretty much for 25 years now. And uh, thank God for things like, like this, like podcasts where, but now I don't have to just bother normal people with it. I find the people who actually want to hear about it. Excellent. Solidarity, brother. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Stay through the credits so that you can hear all the contact information for this show, because I I put it in the credits, except for our email address, which I was reminded by a listener recently I need to start throwing out there, is thetwobrokegeeks at yahoo.com. And uh, next week we'll be back to talk about Suicide Squad. I don't know who's going to join me yet, but... uh, Hopefully a lot of people because we're pretty excited about Suicide Squad. Later, everybody. Ha, ha, ooh, he, ha, ha, and I thought my jokes were bad. The Two Broke Geeks podcast is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment in conjunction with Atomic Geekdom. Find us online at twobrokegeeks.com, on Facebook, facebook.com slash twobrokegeekspodcast, and on Twitter at 2BGpod. And find Atomic Geekdom online at atomicgeekdom.com and on Twitter at Atomic Geekdom. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave us a nice review. It really helps us out. Thanks. Don't do anything stupid until I get back. How can I? Taking all the stupid with you.